<laughs> it's just funny because he just comes out of nowhere like all of a sudden like, oh, he, oh, yeah. oh he's, he's just doing lyrics to a song now Hello and welcome to the Three Amigos FBL podcast ahead of game week 13. I'm your host, Don, and I'm joined as always by my amigo Mars. Our amiga Kylie is still back in her native Australia and not back with her amigos for another week. But fear not, we have been joined in Kylie's absence by the one and only FBL coach. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's, I know I've only just come on last week for the getting to know you, but uh, it's, it's, it's good to be on. Proper pod yeah. to uh, talk all the latest goings on in FPL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, um, it was a highly enjoyable show, so I um, recommend all the listeners to check that out before or after this podcast. But um, yeah, no, good chat, and we, we got to know John better, which is uh, the whole idea behind the show. So um, tell us, uh, Game Week 12 seems like it was a long time ago, John, but um, how did you get on and how are your troops faring in 2018-19 uh, so far? So, uh, well, I finished with 69 points last week. Uh, I took a minus four hit, though, along the way. But I think that was more to consolidate my team going forward. So I knew that I wanted an Altovich. I knew that I wanted Doherty for, for, the, for good fixtures going forward. So I took that minus four. Perhaps it wasn't the best week to do it, but now I've got those two in my team. Um, I'm, I'm sitting at um, a point score of 766 points with an overall rank of 44K. So um, it's going quite well at the moment. I'm quite pleased with my team. I'm quite pleased with my position. Um, I mentioned in the pod last week again, but I'm, I'm just playing a better game this season. Um, a lot more logical and not taking anywhere near as many risks as I would have in the past. And uh, yeah, so it, it's things are looking on the bright side. When it comes yeah. to my team, I think it was actually one thing when we had our um, our getting to know you pod. You mentioned I think it was sixty five point five. You were kind of aiming to be your target each week. I actually checked yeah. it after the podcast, and that's exactly what I am actually on at the moment. Uh, um, but uh, so uh, so I was happy that I, I I've I've reached your goal, even if you haven't yet, coach. But you'll make it. You'll make it back there. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, actually, yeah. to be honest, like the average is to be in, you know, to be. Punching at the top top level at the moment is way above that. Like the the averages this season are astronomical compared to other seasons. But you know, a, an average of anything around sixty five points per game week is is absolutely fantastic, and it's going to put you right up there, definitely. Mm, right up there, indeed. Um, yeah, I uh, fifty nine, as Mars will know, because he watches my team more than I watch my own team. But I uh, finished on fifty nine minus four. Um, so um, Robo, Alonso, Marshall, Shakiri, and Aguero did things for me, but um, everyone else pretty much blanked, including my captain Manny. Um, so I had a slight red arrow down to eighteen and a half k overall. So, uh, but still a great start of the season and um, a long way, a long way to go. I took a hit, as I mentioned there as well, because. Um, but I brought in Arnautovic and I brought in Shakiri for um, for for as our friend FPL Stag calls him uh, Bro Protus um, for for Kennedy who ended up of course assisting and um, indeed uh, Fraser Fraser who I put on my bench for Shakiri also um, also just under just slightly underscored he scored six points so um, I ended up down two points on the game week but. Um, like you mentioned there, I am happy that I am set up with um, with Aguero, and I'm also liking my Shakiri pick because I do think he'll actually play a lot of minutes for Liverpool, especially in this hectic period. But uh, Marzi, um, how did you get on? I know you bet me, but um, how did you get on in in game week uh, in game week twelve? I don't. I didn't beat you. I got fifty-seven points. So yeah, but with right. my with with my hit though, you bet me by two points. No, I took a hit Oh, did you? Oh, lovely. Yeah. Well, I have, you've made my... If <laughs> oh, I, look. If I, if, oh, if look. I, if, it made if, you weak, didn't it? If I'd known that all uh, all the international break, I would have I would have been a lot happier, Mars. I wouldn't no. have been staying off Twitter and stuff. Obsession. It's not just a perfume. It's 
Smells good. <laughs> yeah, so, Mars, uh, we'll, we'll be talking later on, of course, about um, about our transfers for the game week. You probably, your spy has probably figured out what my transfer is likely to be, or um, or has have I've already made a transfer? Because um, I know you do have you do have me flagged on that um, on fantasy football fix. You're spy I my employ team, three yeah. people full time to look at your team and tell me what yeah. you're doing and the analytics, you know, because I'm a lover of stats. And all of that, so you know, just to see. <laughs> yeah, we'll get started on that in a little while about uh, about all the stats and the XG in the community. Great crack this uh, this international break. But um, first of all, let's look at the standings in the Three Amigos Classic League. Um, top spot is still Joe Stone, Victor Moses Lawn with uh, 848 points. Um, he scored 66 in this past game week. Uh, Beardsley's Pochies um, is in second place as Ian Cooper on 847 points. Um, Sky player in FBL having a great season. I've heard him on numerous podcasts, top top to near the top of the table. Paul Jones, he's on eight hundred and thirty eight points. Um, Big Sam's Big Max um, is in fourth spot um, with eight hundred and twenty six, and in fifth place is Parkgate Clavedonian. He's on eight hundred and twenty five points. So um, some great scores there towards the top of the leaderboard. Um, and uh, and let's have a look. Actually, one thing I wanted to give a shout out was to the manager of the month of November so far. And um, we have two players in top spot in that: um, Andre Sandstrom and Sam Martin. Both have scored one hundred and fifty two points so far in uh, in November. So uh, a great start to November for them, and no doubt they're they're seeing plenty of green arrows. Um, Marzi. This time of the show, of course, we normally hand the microphone over to yourself and give you your uh, your, your chance to give us Mars's rant. So uh, take it away. Well, Don, as I walk through my timeline on Twitter, I take a look at the discussions and realize that everyone is arguing. Because I've been laughing and blasting so long that even my amigos think my mind is gone. The Twips have been spending most of their lives looking up XG stats. They've been spending most of their lives looking up XA stats. Too much television watching got me chasing players. I'm an educated fool with points on my mind. Got my facts in my hand and gleam in my eye. So tell me why are we so blind to see that everyone runs their team the way they want it to be? Power in the points, points in the power, minute after minute, hour after hour. Everybody's searching, but half of them ain't watching. They say I've got to learn, but nobody's here to teach me. If they can't understand, how can they reach me? I guess they can't. I guess they won't. Listen, I have no issues with stats. But don't try and force me to do it. Also, I think it should be an overall picture. You look at the stats, you look at the games, you look at the players. And we're, I'm not a sheep if I decide <laughs> to follow others. And we shouldn't be calling each other sheep. Or are we all sheep because we have Salah and Aguero and all these players? It just drives me mad. Drives yeah, but Myers, mad. you have to leave a gap between your beautiful Coolio song and, uh, and, when you, and when you just start ranting like. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. I knew I knew you'd have something when you when you have a little bit of time on your hands, you'll uh, you always come up with something good. But I think the international I think the international break, to be quite honest with you, the longer I've been in the FBL community, the more I see people go crazy. They I think they get so stir crazy that some bee gets in their bonnet and they become obsessed by it and there's rows and there's all sorts going on. But uh yeah, no, I, I I have to agree. There's there's two there's there's some there's a lot of people who who just who agree like that. You know, stats have a place in it. Eye tests have a place in it. Other people seem to want to argue about the percentages of which one is more important and back and forth, back and forth. And you're going, what well, lads? Come on, let's uh let's get 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 with the bigger picture here. But uh, John, you mean I, Don? Looking back at the inter- international break, I can't believe we did not go to. Could not go berserk. FBL, you're still the one. You still turn me on. Thank you're fuck. S- FBL's back again. You had to throw that one in there, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Maris, you don't have to use all your material in one go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thank God it's back, man, because it was driving me crazy. Honestly, I know, I know. It can get a bit. It can get a bit nuts. Um, but uh, John, I, I, well, you were noticing all the chat. I know you. I know you're someone who's definitely using XG a lot this season. But um, I know that you'll, you'll agree, though, things do get a bit crazy with people um, getting a bit fiery in their opinions during an international break. Absolutely. It, it's something, to be honest, that I try and stay out of. Um, I, I just don't really see the, the point in getting involved with, with beef between people. But I suppose uh, 
but I don't, I don't mind throwing in a bit of banter along the way. So, so there was a bit of an XG conversation going on today, and and you know, I I, I actually quite like XG. I think it's quite a good way to guide um, your thinking and guide your transfers, and I, I think it shows um, historically, you know, where where teams have been getting good chances and where players have been getting good chances. Um, and I think just to dismiss it isn't right because it's like it's there's no right and wrong way to play FPL and no one's no one's cracked the code yet so you know I, I'm I'm all for people coming up with new ideas and new concepts of how to actually achieve better in FPL and you know there's there's a lot of stats guys out there and you know I think there's some great great stats articles especially out there that that really guide my transfers week in week out John and, spot on spot on we should not dismiss know, it absolutely agree it. with you should not Absolutely. It, but it's not the only way and you said it right it's not there's no one way to play a field what i'll tell you what gets to be in my bonnet is when people say oh those who don't look at xg and x they don't understand the game or shouldn't play the game or or i can't believe you don't look at stats but it's an overall picture because one player can have a lots of shots on targets but if all his shots are more like tame passbacks to the keeper or the crosses are nowhere near any player and he gets like 10 crosses a game brilliant stats but what's the end product and are you watching? Yeah. So for me, it's 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 a balance between the two, and it's a, a a mixture between the two. And I think where I have an issue, absolutely, you know, I respect stats and people who look into it. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a stats person. I won't go looking, but I will read. I will read everything that people put put out, stats, facts, whatever. But just people who dismiss the people who don't look at stats completely, I think there should be a balance. It should be a middle way, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a whole whole way of thinking of, of playing the game, isn't there? You know, you can't just go on stats alone. And for me personally, I don't like to just go on what we call the eye test alone, you know, mainly because I don't I don't get to see as much of the football as, as I would have liked. So if, if I was only judging based on two or three games that I might have seen over the weekend and then the rest on match of the day. For me, personally, I don't necessarily think that's enough information to go with a player who may have a great run of fixtures where I've not seen them play properly for the last two or three weeks in advance So in, in, prior to it. So, you know, I'd, I'd rather just have that extra qualification from looking at the stats behind it and just see how they're getting on. You know, I've, I've not seen Wolves in weeks, but I can see that Matt Dobbins, Matt Doherty's putting in great stats. He's getting in the box. He's getting shots away. And for me, he's, he's just a player that I wanted in my team for, for that reason alone. I haven't seen him play, but, you know, I've seen the hype around him in the FPL community and I've seen the stats that back that yeah. up. And, you know, I'm taking the punt based purely on that, really. Yeah, yeah no, I completely agree. But, I mean, um, you, you know, you, I don't need to see the stats to to see how good Doherty is, for example, is that's just, I'm just using the other side of the, of the coin. Um, I've seen Wolves, I've seen Doherty in a couple of games, and, and when you hear something, you, you read the reports, you listen to the games, he's, he's everywhere. So for me, sometimes, uh, actually, you know what it is, stats back the facts, facts back the stats. Uh, they go together, and that's what, it, what, 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 sometimes what I'm careful with with stats, it's stats is what happened. It's not what's going to happen. But I read something that I was really, might, I might not agree with 100%, but I always give credit where, where it's due. I can't remember who it was, though, right now. Uh, I think actually it was uh, the Dive, FPL Dive podcast. What they said is um, FPL is a prediction game, and we're trying with stats to predict what's going to happen. And I respect that. Absolutely, I have no issues with that. But also, it's, you know, FPL is a form game. So, some players are all about form players. So when you see a player in form, you jump on that player. That doesn't make you a sheep. Um, actually, that makes you clever sometimes. And when you hear all the big accounts, not, not just big, in, I'm talking about numbers, but accounts who have finished in respectable uh, positions in numerous years, year after year after year after year, they tell you, I'm playing boring. Well, what does that mean? That means they go in with the high percentage on players most of the time. 80%, 80% of their team are probably high percentage on player with one or two punts rather than going on punt players or players that they think they might do well. That's what they mean by playing boring. So but they're, but they're playing shame. boring and probably doing well, aren't they? Exactly. You know, so exactly. You either you either want to take those risks and introduce more risk into your game and probably have a detrimental impact on your overall rank, or you want to play it safe, like I'm looking to do this season and, and try and try and get as high a rank as possible. I think you know. I think we should all let it, there, let it go. We should all let it go and play our game and just feel the love. 
<laughs> yeah, but it's the one one player that actually was mentioned a lot with the XG argument was um, Marshall. And um, one thing actually, because normally I don't listen to other FBL podcasts before I listen to our own, but I actually listen to um, to our friends at who got the assist, and they had our our other friend FBL Stag on this week, and he actually mentioned a good point with Marshall, is that Marshall has in his time in the Premier League he has always exceeded his XG. And be in bear in mind that people that and people that blindly will just go no no but his xG is low woeful or he's out he's outperforming it or whatever else, the eye test is always going to be the ultimate thing. But if you as as coach said, I mean if you can't see every game, then xG definitely provides a lot of impetus. Another thing that another great stat is even heat maps. Heat maps are something that. They're they're a great facility. They're freely available for people to see, and you can see like the likes of Doherty and these players, or the likes of Alonso, and you can see where they're playing versus another fullback or another defender who you might be comparing them against. Stats have a massive place in the game, but but the eye test where you're looking at a player and going, is he likely to outperform his xG, or is it less somebody who's going to probably regress? You know, it's a major major. Um, it's it's a decision where the, only the eye test can really tell you that. So, Mersey, that's your rant of the week out of the way. Um, let's, let's move on to the big topic of the week. And um, I always get to choose this. So um, this week, for me, it is all about Mendy and his injury, his, his surgery. Everyone is basically looking at who to replace him in their team, even players, even managers who hadn't got him in yet, but he was definitely in their plans to get him in, are now trying to reassess and figure out what way to go. I'll come to you first on a coach. Um, are you a Mendy owner? And um, if if so, who are you planning on replacing him with? Are you planning on going perhaps more budget or are you looking at a more like-for-like move? So, no, I'm not a Mendy owner, actually, which is a bit of a relief. Um, I was at the start of the season before he got his first injury and then I've never managed to actually squeeze him back into my team since then. Um, so, yeah, I'm in a fortunate position in that respect. I think it, for anyone who... who is carrying him. Um, the the one again uh, is 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 Matt Doherty. I, I got him in last week, and I just think he's he's putting up great stats and and he's passing the eye test, and he just looks like a quality player. Wolves have some good fixtures, although Huddersfield they're, they're a bit of a team that are turning it around over the last few weeks. So I'm I'm a, I'm seeing that as a bit of a as, as a bit of a, a dodgy one this week for Wolves a little bit, but. Really, on paper, they should be comfortably winning it, and and they and should be getting a clean sheet. So, if he's fixed, there is a slight injury risk around him. Then I, I personally would be putting my 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 uh, place definitely on Doherty. Yeah, Doherty's been being fantastic. I've had him now for quite a while, and um, he's gone nowhere for my team. I was um, another player that I'm kind of considering is Balbuena from West Ham. He's um, he's nice and cheap, and with the West Ham fixtures, the problem with him, of course, is the West Ham defence doesn't look particularly um, tight, and uh, and so clean sheets may be um, maybe a bit rare. But attacking wise, I can definitely see him coming up with some um, some goals from set pieces and so on. But um, Marzi, um, what are you thinking about the Mendy situation? Ideal replacements. Um, I've seen a lot of people maybe even suggesting Laporte, um, a move sideways to another Man City defender. But um, what, what's your thinking? Well, he, <clears throat> he is a big, big one about the the whole sheep and discussion thing. People talked about Everton defenders, Dinier, Coleman, or Keane. People looked at Laporte, Doherty's being mentioned, and you know what? All of these are viable options. At the end of the day, it depends on your team, your situation. Do you need money somewhere else to upgrade? This is a great opportunity for you to downgrade Mendy to somebody like Doherty or Everton players who have actually, since you sold Pickford, uh, have been keeping quite a few clean sheets. Dinier is attacking. Coleman is a classic FPL player that we all love. Keane is a bonus point magnet. And, uh, you know, if, uh, if you look at the heat maps and the stats, he's, he's always there in, in, in set pieces and coming very close to goals. They're all much cheaper. It gives you money. If you want the City clean sheet and you don't have a, a keeper Laporte is a great settled option in the team again bonus points when they get clean sheets could be due a goal he does have a goal in him um, or if you don't have Alonso for example you could go to Mendito Alonso uh, if you have some money in the bank uh, if you don't have any Liverpool defenders you could go to Liverpool my point is it really depends on your situation for example for me I have uh, Mendy and Madison both injured 
So I'm going to be, and I want to upgrade medicine to either Richardson or Martial, for example, some other options. So I might be looking to downgrade. If I go with Dinier, that's not because I'm a sheep or following everybody. And even if I am, it doesn't really matter if it suits my team. So stop calling people sheep. That's my point. <laughs> I think I think with calling people sheep, though, it's it's silly, really, because even though we may have a number of players the same, we haven't got exactly the same teams, have we? So you've got to bunch these players together in, in, in packs, effectively, and think, well, I might have three at the back, but you won't have... You might have two the same, but you won't have the three the same. So, you know, we're always going to have different teams from one another. And I suppose we all look to have that that exactly. one good differential that's going to separate us completely. But that's not even necessarily necessary because <laughs> you, you can have a whole team full of, of highly owned players. But, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same as, as the next man's no, highly of, owned of course team not. of players, is it? So Of course, of course not. And And the thing for me is... Uh, you know, about, about calling people sheep. Now, there's been players who've been playing the game for for a long time, so they know what they do. Now, is there players? Are there players out there that copy others or look at others' team and say, oh, "I want him"? Maybe. Do they enjoy the game? Well, it's up to them. If that's what they want to do. It's up to them. It's not the way I play the game. I play. I play because I enjoy it. I play. I want to make my own choice. I look around. I see what people have done. But if I made a choice, I'll stick with it. And I think the majority do the same. There might be some people that just copy others and whatever. Do what you want to do. But I think it's just attacking uh, a whole group of people because they have a viable reason. And, and, and this is the other thing. Some people having to come out and justify why they choose a player. What is <laughs> This is a game. And also, this is my team. I don't have to justify anything for anybody. On the point, I give Maris, advice. Maris, uh, you're going you're gonna to have to tell me who's, who's after calling you a sheep because I'm going to take them out. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm gonna drop them off the top rope. Okay, Maris? Having a go with you because I can tell you're hurt. Like you're hurting badly. Like. Listen, listen. <laughs> Actually, I had a conversation with the guy, and he's like, "Oh, one day you're gonna you're gonna see it from my point." And I went, uh, "See it from my point when you see other people's teams." I was like, "I honestly don't care about other people's team. I care about my team. I don't care what they do." With, and I mean that in the friendliest possible way and the least rude way. I do not care what others do with their team, right? Um, but uh, so it's not me because I haven't made a decision. I don't know where I'm going yet. But it's, it. uh, I think it was a whole thread, as, as Coach said. There's been few threads about it. I've actually taken a break, and I always say, in the international break, I take a break, and I've hardly been on Twitter. I drop in, I see people argue, and I just laugh and log out, or I might drop a comment and just literally log out. I'm like, I can't be bothered with this. You, um, the, 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 one thing, the, the one thing that's stupid about it is um, FPL is pretty much about getting on players for as much of their hot streaks as you possibly can and getting off them. Uh, and for you know owning for them for a few of, a few of their kind of cold periods, so it is all about in a way shaping because you're basically in a way you're following the points, you're following the fixtures, and you're trying to basically maximize the amount of time the good players are in your team. So like shaping, like if you're if you're talking about following the what what player is doing good, and you want to be all. Um, I don't know what's the difference, what's the opposite to being a sheep, a wolf or something like that, who's basically continuously looking for differential players. Well, we'll be seeing you down around the three and a half million mark probably by the end of the season, unless you're some sort of voyeur or voyant or say, say voyant. What's, what's the word for it, coach? I know you'll know it. Clairvoyant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who will be able but, to know, predict all this stuff? I think it's silly, really, because... When you think about it, we're all on, well, mainly Twitter, obviously. We're all on Twitter as, as fans of the game and we're all tipping each other. We're, we're, we're all effectively influencers on one another. And then we have a go at each other for, for saying, why did you copy me or why, why, why aren't you copying me? You know, I've got the best ideas. And, you know, like Mal says, everyone just needs to play their own game, but not have a go at people who were, who were just probably you know, offering for free a bit of advice to to players who who some of them are very grateful for the for the knowledge and and the tips that are getting out there. You know. Yeah, don't don't even get me started on the people who have a go at people for spoon feeding people, and you're going, but that's kind of their job, <laughs> especially the official FBL ones who are literally doing it for their job to tell people who to pick up and who not to pick up. Um, I swear they want to, they nearly want them to put it behind a paywall or or give them bad information or something. But uh, let's let's move on, folks. We we won't do any more moaning about the sheep uh, callers in the world. But uh, let's move on to the Bonk Marion Stalk section of the show. 
Um, in this segment of the show, we look at the top performers from the previous game week who will inevitably be seeing thousands of new owners this week. But are they bonk, marry or stall candidates for our amigos? So, um, John, um, or Mars, we'll come to you first, actually, on it. Um, I want to talk Spurs in general, and we'll start off with Laurie. So, you had a good game week in game week 12. Um, as an option from game week 15, when Spurs fixtures really turn, um, maybe, like, is, is Laurie somebody that you're kind of keeping an eye on, um, as opposed to maybe getting in the likes of Trippier in the Spurs defence, um, especially from game week 15? Um, or... Or, or is he someone you're just going to probably avoid because of his price tag and the value elsewhere? At first, I was afraid. I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live without a Spurs player in my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how Kane and Cole did me wrong. And I grew strong. And I learned how to get along. So, Spurs players. Um, I think, look, there's, there's a, a good argument to have um, their players from game week 15 onwards. But listen, overall, to be honest... <laughs> Forget the Premier League table because obviously they're, they're in a good position. I have not been blown away by by Spurs or, or their assets, uh, especially people like you know Kay, Kane is uh, kind of like doing it, they're not doing it, and not really been involved a lot. If you look at the heat map, especially he's been dropping really deep. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Trippier here or there, clean sheet, maybe an assist, and then gets injured. Eriksen's not been in the game. Ali's been suspended, then injured, then not in the game. Um, Mora on and off, some not playing. Um, so, but people could turn around and say, well, that's the same with Liverpool, you know, like, but Salah's been consistently giving points. Uh, Man is a bit explosive and the defence has been really reliable. Now, let's look at Spurs. If I want to look at their fixtures coming up, right? So they've got, um, we, we start, so they've got um, Chelsea next, big game. Then Inter Milan, a must win game if they want to go into the Champions League. Uh, now they've got three days, three to four days between each game for the next three weeks. Uh, they've got then they've got <laughs> after Inter Milan they've got Tottenham. Now those three games, any team will be physic- physically and mentally shattered. And this is something um, I want to give a shout to uh, El Clasico on FBO because he did a really good piece about it. There's like a four four pages on Twitter about it. So go and have a read. Uh, it's I've liked it on the amigos. Uh, timeline so you can read it properly he goes into a lot of details he has his own opinion some i agree with some i don't but always give uh, credit to research uh, now after those three games they got a nice home game at, against southampton without a shadow of that i'll say it now he will rotate uh, pochettino rotate players now loris and kane could be exempt from that because kane just seems to play in every game and loris doesn't need rest w- will he rest ali erickson moran son absolutely and the wing-backs. I'll put money on it right now. After such tough three games, I can see him changing players around. Like I said, maybe not Kane, maybe not Lloris, so they could still be options. Now, if you think about Kane, uh, you have to sell either Aguero, Salah, Hazard to have him in your team, or Sterling if you've got him. It's impossible to have all of them and still have a strong team and a strong defence. After the after the Southampton game, okay, they've got a Leicester away. Not the easiest, but you know, it's, it, it's a good game. Then they've got Barcelona, and if if it's going anywhere the way they want it to go, they will be still fighting for the Champions League. Might not be. Uh, a game at Burnley, and then three days after that, another London derby in the Carling Cup, and then Everton away. So, I mean, I'm not going to go through all their lists. You can go and have a look. Three to four day break between each of those. I will say again, wing-backs, he already, we've seen Pochettino, he's nearly as bad as Pep, if not actually worse. Or if maybe it's just more obvious. Uh, Trippier, Davis, Aurier and uh, Rose will, as long as they fit, will rotate between them. Uh, you can go with Lloris, you can go one of the centre-backs if, if you're after some clean sheets and the, the easier games that we mentioned. I think Kane will be exempt, but how will he be affected by this run, by the players around him, the change, etc.? For me, all of the Spurs players are stoked until I see, I see them starting performing because they are form players. Ali is a form player. Eriksen is a form player. Once they start, sometimes they go in, in, on good patch, on good runs. Same with Son. And I would love one of those players in my team, but I need to see them first doing well. 100% agree. Great answer, Mers. Um, yeah, all, all stocks for me too. Um, they're, they're all very pricey, rotation risk. Um, Liverpool too, like along with, with Spurs, as you mentioned, I mean, the... The fixture list um, coming up with the Champions League games and and very important Champions League games at that, and we'll definitely see a lot of rotation um, in in both teams. Um, coach, come to you next on this one. So um, we're looking at the defenders next, and uh, who have we got first? We have David Louise. I have down. Now, 
David Luiz has been a real bonus point magnet this season um, as, as an alternative to Alonso or maybe as a Chelsea double up for people maybe moving off Mendy. Um, what's your thinking on David Luiz as an FBL asset this year? So I, I think he's quite good, actually. Uh, Chelsea have been obviously great defensively, kept a number of clean sheets already. Um, but their, their fixtures aren't the best. They, they've got Tottenham away and Man City home. Uh, Sorry, yeah, Tottenham away and Man City home, um, which is effectively an away game at Wembley in the next four. Um, but, you know, they, they've just come off the back of three really good fixtures with Burnley, Crystal Palace and Everton, uh, where they they kept two out of three clean sheets in those games. And I'm just wondering whether you might have missed the boat with, with these upcoming fixtures. You know, if, if you were going to move for a player like Luis, should you have done it in a few weeks ago? Um, there's no doubt there's there's still lots of clean sheets and and he is getting forward he is getting his potential for attacking points as well um, and there's a great home fixture against Fulham in game week 14 but with Ranieri taking over there we don't know how they're going to set up in future I would imagine they're going to shore up their defence a bit as well but um, I, I suppose a double up is viable really because it, they're, they're just very good defensively so I can't advise against it it's probably not a route that I would look at going myself, but I think at 5.6, he's, he really is good value to get into that Chelsea back line. Yeah, um, I think all of us have a little bit of bias maybe against uh, David Luiz from thinking he's a bit of a hothead or liable to get sent off or or just kind of, you know, even get left out. But um, I think he's, he's definitely matured as a centre-half and we do need to reassess him probably as a player. Um, Marzi? Uh, Philippe Anderson at West Ham. Now we have discussed him already in recent in recent podcasts, but I feel that when a player kind of keeps up the performance level, then we kind of need to relook at him again. What's your thinking on him, and potentially even as an alternative to people looking at Marko Nautovic, bringing him in for for these West Ham fixture lists that, that looks very very appealing? Is he an alternative to Arnie? Well, the fixture list is very, very appealing. I mean, you, you touched on it. Let's look at it. I mean, if you forget Man City, they've got Newcastle away, Cardiff home, Palace home, Fulham away, Watford home, Southampton away, Burnley, Brighton. Um, I mean, that's, that's that's a great run over the period. Now, um, is he an alternative to Arnie? I don't think so. I think Arnie is what our friends are, uh, who got the assist would refer to as a talisman of West Ham, and he's definitely the main player. Now, can we trust him with being fit all the time, especially over the Christmas period, etc.? I don't know. So uh, he could be a could be an alternative if Arnie is not available. I don't know if I would double up on West Ham players. There's a lot of other players out there. He's he's got four goals and one assist already. And when you watch him, he's actually really good good to watch on the eye. Like the way he, he his movement, his link up with Arnie actually is, is really well. He's always in the box. Like his last goal was after a couple of shots. He's he's, he's in and around the box, always involved, always looking for the ball. Not shying away. Um, two of his goals did come. Uh, the three goals have come recently. So somebody, some might think it's a bandwagon move. But at his price, six point nine. I mean, he he has to be a starter at new team. And if you look around that price, you look in. There's Madison and there's Arnautovic. So Madison, uh, sorry, not Arnautovic, Richarlison. Madison has just got injured. So is he a replacement? Absolutely. And then you've got uh, Richarlison. Would I want to go with Richarlison or Felipe? I think I'll still tend towards Richarlison, who's playing who's probably the talisman of Everton, to be honest. Um, but both of them together, why not? It's just, you know, I'm always, uh, this might sound silly, but I'm always wary of new players in the Premier League over the Christmas period and the congested fixtures because they might not be physically fit yet, not used to it, to do all of that. So for me, again, he's a stalk unless you have, uh, unless you, you know, you already have Richarlison or a good midfield and you want to swap somebody like Madison or Oro Barkley if you have the money to go to Felipe Anderson. Absolutely. Otherwise, he's he, he's a stalk. Yeah, the foreign players they might mightn't be able for a cold night in uh, in uh, Wolves. You know, I don't know. What, what's our what's our new stalk, folks? Um, have you any suggestions? Yeah, we go with Wolves. Not the football, not the football style, but probably just as cold or or Huddersfield now. Huddersfield, Huddersfield maybe yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks for helping me out with my English geography, Mars. 
Uh, coach, we move on up front to um, to Rondon, um, and he's a player I wanted to hear your thoughts on. Um, he's he's only 5.5, 5.6 or 5.7, I believe. Um, so he is probably a viable option for those looking for that third cheap striker if they do plan on maybe going two up top. Um, the three forward formation has kind of worked a lot this season with kind of one big guy and two small fellows beside him, but... Um, but what's your thinking on Rondon as, as an automatic starter? Newcastle, good fixtures. Um, is he is he a viable option? And you have to give me on this one your bonk, marry or stalk uh, verdict. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd, I'd I'd say that he's been coming back from injury, hasn't he? So he's 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 finally looking to be getting into the team a bit more and started the last two, played ninety minutes in the last two, and I, I didn't see all that much against, I think it was Watford, the, the game we before, but last week against Bournemouth, I, I thought he was absolute class. That headed goal was was fantastic, but not only that, he was the one who was dropping deep and he set up the whole move and he just looked like a constant threat all, goal, all, all game, actually. Um, I was really impressed with him. And uh, Maz is going to hate this, but he's actually got really good underlying stats in the last four as well, so... Um, I, I think there's there's a bit too potentially Rondon at Newcastle. Um, it's it's only his first goal though, you know that he's that he scored for the club. So I think it's it's a wait and see really. And he's he's never scored more than ten goals anyway in in any other season when he was at West Brom. But Newcastle have good fixtures. I'd say all the way up to game week eighteen, um, and he's a great differential. Um, I I would say. If you if you're looking to take a gamble, then he could potentially be a, a marry candidate. But for me personally, is probably more of a stalk, which those two really don't go together. But I think if you're going to take the gamble, then now's the time to do it and keep him for the next six weeks and and just just go balls deep basically. And uh, or it's just keep your eye on him and just see if he really is the real deal or not. Mm, yeah, I mean, marry, marrying someone and then stalking them would probably be a bit odd. It probably, you know, it's a bit, um, it probably wouldn't work any better the other direction either. You just stalk them and then hope to marry them. Well, I mean, yeah. how how awesome it is to see uh, an old style centre forward doing well with all these false number nines and and I love them, you know, all the new tactics. But put the ball in the box, Rondon will get his head on it and most likely score. And, and yeah. I, I I just I absolutely love players like that. Yeah, but I actually rate him as a player. I mean, I um, I was he's a beast. Well, I was yeah, no, he's a, he's a proper yeah, proper number nine, and um, and yeah, I hope I hope he does do well for Newcastle because I'd like to see Newcastle doing well in the league. Um, folks, let's move on to our game week thirteen plans and also our Barlow and Baldwin captain picks. Um, Mars, come to you first on it. Um, what's your planning for ahead of game week thirteen? What what are you thinking needs maybe correcting in your team? And um, and who is your Barlow and Baldwin captain picks? Well, listen, here's my first, well, not my first, but more free advice for you. Do not do any transfers until Friday night. And if you can wait, do it Saturday morning. If this, if there is any time to wait and not even worry about price rises, it's this week. There's so many yellow flags and red flags. It's just unbelievable right now. Um, and we don't know who the fakers and who the true, who the real ones are. Uh, I'm not, they might not be faking, but they might be back or might, might be pushed. I think the pressers this week are absolute gold. If you don't get to listen to them and watch them, follow uh, our friend the FPL Connect because they do a nice summary for you. It's all there, all the good information. Uh, my plans are I've got Mendy and Madison at the moment with Red. I know for a fact they're both out, so they are going. So it's a minus four. Luckily so far, touch wood, the only other flag is Bisaka, but he, Biscuit, he'll be on my bench anyway. So for me, Mendy and uh, Madison will go. Uh, I'm keeping Barkley because I don't want to take a minus eight. And also I think, uh, you know, Chelsea Fulham, Chelsea uh, Spurs, he, he'll play. And if Kovacic is, I heard he was injured, and if he continues to be injured, I think Barkley will come in. He's not a bad player. And suddenly, just because I bought him... Uh, because I thought, you know, I fancied um, a punt and I needed some money to free and he was doing well. I'm not, I don't have to sell him right now and I'm going to give him a bit more of a chance. So Mendy, most likely I'll probably downgrade so I can upgrade Madison 
to somebody like Richarlison or Martial. Uh, that, those are my two options at the moment. I'm, uh, I'm a bit of a sheep. I don't think that's yeah, like the box. That, that Barkley move was such a sheep move. But um, tell us your, your Barkley goal <laughs> and captain pick. <laughs> uh, right. So, I mean, look. Barlow will probably be... I, mean, I don't know. If it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough one week. this week. It's it a, tough a tough week. week. It's a tough, tough week. week. So, you know, Salah at Watford, is, is it really Barlow? I mean, look, he'll probably be my first choice right now. It's between him and Uruguay. Uh, both are playing away. Both playing against teams that can concede. But both playing against teams that can also turn it on at home. So, uh, I don't know. Right now, I'm, right now, it's on Salah, but I might change my mind. Uh, Baldwin... Interesting one. Uh, probably, if I bring Martial in, he will definitely be considered. But right now, as I don't have him, maybe Wilson against Arsenal because I can see a few goals in that game. Yeah, Martial is uh, would be my Baldwin pick. I I already have him there, so you're just a kind of a week or a couple no. of weeks behind me. Yeah, you, you got Martial? I didn't know that. Sure, you didn't. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, the, uh, it's actually one thing actually I wanted to I wanted to discuss before should we go on to the coaches captain picks and maybe his plans for the for the game week is um, Mane you, we we had a bit of you know on international duty it's kind of hard to tell sometimes players will bring form home with them you know when Salah was having his issues with the national team um, he he seemed a little bit distracted Mane had a bit of an emotional kind of break you know with with his his own fans were booing him after he uh, after he had a bad miss I believe uh, for Senegal um, during the international break but um he's been one that I've had he's been he's done perfectly fine for the, for the price difference between him and Salah um I have been happy with his returns but is now looking looking at the two of them, I couldn't. I, there's no way in the world I could doubt which player I'd like to have more, um, because Salah looks like he's really playing with a smile on his face, no more injury concerns, um, and he looks a lot in a lot better shape. But um, what's what's your thinking on Mane? Do you think is this international um, problems he seems to be having, or a bit of a bad break he had? Is is that something that you'd uh, you'd be concerned about as a Mane owner? To be honest, listen, I think I've, I've followed the African teams um, just because of interest with Arabic countries in the African Cup of Nations. And um, the African fans are very uh, passionate and it's just like just like us Arabs. And sometimes we can easily have a go at, at players if they're not performing. And I think the players are used to it. Yes, he showed a lot of emotions because he's such a he's an emotional person and, and has pride for wearing the, uh, the shirt of the country. Right now, he knows how he's loved at Liverpool, and I always see him playing with a big smile. I genuinely don't think it will affect him. In fact, I think he's going to spare him on. Uh, but I can see the concern and the difference between Salah and Mane. I, I mean, look, he's more explosive, where Salah's more consistent. And it's been annoying, as I mean, good for Liverpool, but as annoying as a Salah owner when Salah's done well, and you want Mane to, to be quiet. And apart from the last week, I think there was the other time where Salah mm. scored twice and then Mane suddenly popped up as well. And you think, damn, that's, that was my chance to yeah. jump ahead of those non-owners. So I think for Liverpool, I think Klopp will, will sort it out. And I think both him, if I'm not mistaken, I think Salah's game got cancelled the second game. And Mane doesn't have a second game, internationals. And they'll be back nice and fresh, which is why, um, you know, uh, why I'm considering them uh, Salah, sorry, as, as, as a captain. Yeah. I, I'm not too worried. Good stuff. Thanks, Mersey. Um, Coach, how about yourself? Um, your game week 13 thoughts. Um, who, are you, who are you looking at? And um, is, there, is there any particular position in your team that you're looking to, uh, to use a transfer on? So, um, prior to last game week, uh, Joe Hart was massively on my radar. Um, he was a player that I, I felt like I needed to get out, and I didn't have any Man City defensive coverage. So the, I was I, one eye was definitely on trying to get Edison in for Joe Hart, and then Joe Hart posted a ten point score last week. So actually, looking at him this week, and I think for the next couple of weeks, he's, he's got a couple of green fixtures in Newcastle at home and Crystal Palace away. So. I'm going to actually hold on to him for another couple of weeks 
and go for another couple of weeks without any City defensive coverage. So I think that I'm going to hang fire and not make any transfers this week because I've had it earlier on in the season where two transfers are definitely better than one. Um, I'm with Marzi where I've got Barkley as well, and, and I think that was a bit of a mistake getting him in. So I'm looking to, to ship him out potentially at some point, and I think that will have to be a double move to then upgrade in a different position. So um, that's going to be my long-term plan, I think. So I'm going to hold this week, um, which has been quite nice, actually, over the international break. So I haven't had to watch any prize rises or falls or anything. I was able to just take a step away from it um, and, and you know, set my team up. Um, I've got this down, this game week down anyway, as a lower scoring game week. Um, I, I, I put like a rating on, on what I think game week uh, scores are going to be across game weeks and I can see this one you know with with uh, Tottenham playing Chelsea and, and Liverpool and Man City both away as, you, as you've already said um, I, I don't see big scores this week so I think that it's one where I'm just going to hedge my bets hang fire with what I've got and trust what I've, what I've already got and, and just go again in a in the week after um, my captain I'm probably looking at um, Salah or Aguero the same sort of thing really um, it, it's, it's, it's a coin toss between the two really uh, they'll both they'll both play obviously there's there's some talk still about Aguero getting less game time but I, I that doesn't away, really concern away me away from home away from home form of course as well yeah he's got that stat as well so yeah and, and also I just always like the idea of, of Salah getting an extra point for a goal and potentially a clean sheet as well so um, yeah, it's more than likely going to be Salah, I would have said. Um, but, you know, it's a really hard pick this week. It is. Very, very um, hard. Uh, yeah. I, I, I have look- a last man standing competition starting in my, in my kids' school and uh, we're looking at the fixtures and it's one of those torturous ones where you just know where all your money is going to go down the pan with one with, after one week. Because <laughs> it's, it's very, very hard to pick even winners um, in this game week. Any real nailed kind of... Uh, any nailed teams who are going to win, but uh, the the Aguero form. One thing actually we uh, we should mention is the you know I did see a, a listing before of the actual teams that Aguero's supposedly poor away form is, and there's a big difference between the teams he's been playing at home versus away. Um, so it probably isn't something to be overly concerned with. Um, and we would all have thought West Ham was was a decent fixture to um to be able to play him in. But uh, if you if you were feeling buzzy, um, like if you were feeling risky, which which one of them would you would you be going for, or would you be going for someone completely different? So I think if I was if I was looking to take a risk, then I would probably captain Richarlison at home to Cardiff. I think he's he's you know he's on good form. He's he's been playing well recently. So I think he's he's one that I would be. He's the other one that's potentially on my thoughts. But I captained Richarlison about this time last season and he just let me down with a one pointer. So, uh, you know, he was in great form and it was, you know, these wounds, they, they take a long time to heal, don't they? And it just Mm. feels the same sort of thing. I haven't made a captain decision like that all season so far. So, um, I'm not overly keen on the idea. Um, and a a really, a really massive outsider one could be potentially Doherty with, you know, the potential of points at both ends of the pitch. You know, it, I, yeah, I, I, I think he's actually Captain Robertson okay. last week. Yeah, that you know, would have been lovely. Same as myself, yeah. It was it, the fixture when when they, they these attacking defenders, when they have great fixtures up against teams with not much of an attack, um, it's, it is really tempting to do it. But um, maybe maybe that could be the move this week, as you're saying, with the, with the potentially low-scoring game week, that maybe this could be the week to actually do a bit of a risky one like that. Yeah. Um, with with none of the big guns having particularly sensational fixtures, um, I think there's the, definitely going to be a split, isn't there? You know, it's mm, not going to be like a 75% of all people are going to pick one player. I think there are going to be what they're going to be a fair split of, of captains across the game. So, you know, if you were feeling a bit more adventurous or if you were struggling in rank a little bit, then you know, throw your captaincy on someone that's a bit more of a risk. I, I would say this is a week to do it of of all yeah. weeks. In the game, basically, there was um, actually one thing you mentioned. There was to uh, the to do with the fixtures and kind of trying to figure out who will be doing, who will be who, who's most likely to kind of score and kind of uh, 
to, to weigh up our captain picks is um, Bar, Bar Coley NA. He's um, Coley. He, we, we had him on our Getting to Know You podcast. We recorded that during the week right after or right before we spoke to you. So um, that one will be coming out on Saturday. So people should keep an ear out for that. But also check him out on Twitter because his... Um, his his he does these spreadsheets where he predicts basically the um, the the, mo- the the best best chance at scoring best chance at uh, clean sheets and so on, and um, it has been really really accurate all season. So um, so do check him out and uh, and stay tuned for that podcast. We normally drop it on a Friday night, so um, subscribe and uh, and listen to that. But um, folks, that's brilliant. Um, let's move on to our listeners' question section of the show. First up on the listeners' questions, Sankul or Ma- Mandavia. Um, hopefully, I pronounced that that okay. Um, he was basically asking about best captain picks for game week thirteen. Well, we've covered off that for you. Um, next up, he was also mentioned actually. He is Johnny and Darty both. So he's the he's the Wolves double up in defence, and um, both of them, of course, Johnny out and Darty flagged. And I reassure you that you're not doomed for oblivion, as you as you said there, because uh, Darty chances are will should should be fine. I'd imagine. Um, to be honest with you, I'd probably pull a sickie if I was called up to the Irish squad at the moment. So um, that's probably where he's going with that one. Um, Mars, come to you on uh, Slimbrick24. So Sean, a regular questioner on the show, he was asking triple city attack with Cun, Sterling and David Silva or Mares. Uh, yes or no for you on that one? Why not? City are one of the best attacking teams. If you can afford it and you live with the rotation risk of one in five or something like that. Absolutely, go for it if you can afford it. Yeah, and the reality is is that the city, of course, have their Champions League fate pretty much sealed, so they should be fine. Um, whereas, whereas with Liverpool or Spurs, as we mentioned earlier on, they have a difficult Champions League run coming up. So, uh, so the the city the city rotation mightn't look quite so bad when compared with them. Um, next, I'm not up, sure though myself to be honest. Like a triple city attack, uh, you know, I think. There's potentially too much rotation for your investment. Yeah, no, I agree. You have to live with the risk of rotation, especially. I mean, okay, look, Aguero's playing. Sterling seems to be playing most of the games. Then you've got, you know, he's got David Silva, Mares. Mm. If you yeah. have, if the reality is, is if you have, um, if you do have two City midfielders, because for me, it probably is between Sterling and Aguero. I wouldn't be able to fit both. If you have both, you're probably going without Hazard. Um, you know, definitely yeah. going probably without Hazard, and you know you probably are a little bit too many eggs in one basket. I probably, if you're going with a City triple up, I'd probably go with um, Ederson or um, a City defender along with a midfielder and a forward, and you're a little bit more balanced in your team. Um, yeah, completely agree. But uh, completely but, agree. but of all the teams to go for, probably it's the City triple up is is probably the team that I prefer to have a triple up with um, because of the strength of their squad. But, um, yeah, no, good point, coach. Um, next up is FBL Claret, our Claret FBL. He was saying he's looking forward to Christmas. Should our bench have players just getting appearance points or should we be looking for them to get some returns? So, um, coach, what about yourself? How, how much money are you looking to invest in your bench uh, for the festive period? I mean, I'm, I personally prefer to try and maximize my budget in my main starting 11 as much as possible um, and then have bench players that hopefully are still playing you know currently I've got Wamba Saka and Bennett I've got Shane Long who, who it's a bit of an odd one but um, you know he, he actually came back into the team didn't he versus Man City a couple of weeks ago so I think he's still in the thoughts even though he's carrying an injury at the moment um, but I Personally, I, I see it as just supplementary scores if your main players don't play. Um, I, I think if you do get any returns from your cheaper ones, then it's a bonus. But I, I just don't see the, the point in spending six million plus on a player that, that you, that's not going to be in your team. You're going to have rotation dilemmas as well, which is something I absolutely hate in FPL. And you know that nine times out of ten, you're probably going to pick the wrong player when you've got to pick between two players for a game week. And I just I just don't like playing the game like that. It's the same reason I, I, I stopped rotating goalkeepers as well. So I, I, I just like having one goalkeeper just because the amount of times last season I was rotating two keepers. Um, I can't remember if it was Ben Foster with someone else. And 
I just kept picking the wrong one and then I'd have one point from one goalkeeper and then Ben Foster on my bench with, with 10 points. And, you know, these things, they, they don't feel good when you do things like that. So I don't like to set myself up for things like that. So mm. I, I personally like to just try and maximize my budget into my main starting 11 and then try and have a bench full of players that, that are starting, but are very cheap. Yeah, well, the beauty this season, of course, is that we, especially in defence and, well, all over the park, really, there is a lot of good players that are cheap. I mean, Frazier is very explosive. You could have him as your as your bench midfielder, potentially. Juan Basaka, as we as most of us do have on our bench, he's a fine player to have as a, as a backup defender. Um, and you know, there's a, between the West, the West Ham boys and the uh, what what the sorry the Wolves boys in particular um, this season. Of course, there's there is a decent bit of value there to be had. And um, I think the idea, as you said, coach, the idea with with the bench is I like to have players there who aren't tempting me every week whether or not to put them in or not. But they are they are explosive at times, and you might just get lucky and them coming in at the right time, or you're not afraid to play them on occasion. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's not to have too, too drastic an amount invested in there. Definitely on your bench, you want to have most of it in your lineup. Um, the next one is from Alex Max or Alex Maz. Um, and he was asking Mars, um, Alonso, Hazard, Frazier and Anatovic all have poor fixtures for game week 13. Um, you have to bench two out of the four. So which ones would you bench and why? So Alonso, Hazard, Frazier and Arnautovic. Well, Are you busy, Blunt? Yeah, you're not going. You're not going benching Alonso or Hazard. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you don't, to be honest, you don't bench any of those four. Okay, maybe Arnautovic is playing City, but then if West Ham turn on, he's going to be the main man there. What, what is the rest of his team? He's benching uh, these four. Yeah, I'd imagine. <laughs> I, I guarantee anything. He's got uh, two or three Wolves players, and he wants to play them against Huddersfield or Cardiff, whoever they play next at home. Mm. Nice easy game. Um, yeah, I will think very carefully about benching somebody like Fraser playing against Arsenal at home. Awesome. It might be, you, yeah, you, Alex. You might be, um, or Alec. You might be out overthinking it a little bit mm. because if you're you're potentially looking at maybe you've got um, Spurs attackers and you're not wanting to put them up against Alonso. The main thing is play your play your best players. You can have didn't Alonso from score two goals last time he played Spurs? Yeah. one of them was a cracking free kick. Yeah, I can see why. I can see why he potentially would be looking at maybe uh, maybe Frazier or or Arnautovic on yeah. the bench. Uh, you know, uh, but but it all depends on your squad, I guess. Arnie, yes, but uh, Fraser, I'll be, I'd have to have a strong, a hell of a strong team to bench him in a, in a home game the way he's playing. Yeah, well, I think like, there's I, been there's been I'm quite a lot of Fraser myself actually, to be honest with you. I think there's been too much chat about Fraser recently. You know, I think he's he's been he's putting in some great numbers this season. He's gone away on international duty and he's still doing the business. Okay, yeah, uh, Bournemouth have got some tough fixtures coming up, but they're just scoring. They're scoring yeah. every game. You know, and he's been he's been putting up the great numbers. He's been getting multiple assists and getting in the box. He's get I, I think he's class and for his price. He's just, for me, he's an absolute keeper. Just stick him in your team, yeah. leave him I, there and don't even worry about it. Com- completely agree and I don't have him. And for me, he's one of those that just got away. I think getting him now, so I don't have him. Getting him now would just be, I don't know, maybe too late. And I'm just looking somewhere else. But it's yeah. only because I missed the boat. And it's, yeah. just, it's a shame because I actually love watching Bournemouth play and the way they attack and the way he's involved as well. Yeah, and I mean, if you one thing, if you actually substituted the, you know, sometimes I think with players and with teams, if we actually just substituted the names of the clubs and just put switch shirts and all that, and just said this is Manchester United playing here, and it's instead of Bournemouth, everyone would be you'd be raving about Wilson or you'd be raving about um, about Fraser, but uh, yeah, Fraser's definitely he's uh, as I saw someone call him the the Scottish Messi. Um, I think he's brilliant, and his price tag. I don't think he's probably not going to be leaving my my squad all season. Um, so I'm delighted to have him. But this game week, I probably will probably bench him because I probably play Shakiri in ahead of him um, against Watford because I do think Shakiri is going to play again um, at the weekend. I think the Klopp has seen the the way that Shakiri plays, and he's um, and I and I like that fixture. That's a um, brave call, man. Brave call. Um, I mean, fair play. Yeah, man. I agree. You got, you got but, your. Uh, um, have it in my head to do it. So um, in a way, sometimes when you make a move and you and you take a hit, I think you, 
I know sometimes you want to make sure you 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 stick to your guns the next game week to make it all worthwhile. But uh, but no, I do I do think Shakiri could be someone that's um, unless I see him suddenly getting getting benched an awful lot. Um, I I do plan on playing him for a few fixtures. Um, next one we'll move on to um, FBL Boffin, and he was asking now it's a multiple part of question, so we'll um, we'll split this out among you. Um, the he, what's the best way to cover Spurs from game week 15 onwards? Now we did mention Mars, you mentioned that he they're they're all stalks for you for now, but um, would you be looking, coach, to cover Spurs from game week 15? Uh, I'm not at the moment. But like you say, I'm, I'm just keeping my eye on them. Um, the, the next two fixtures are, are terrible. So so just um, we've got 13 and 14 first to get out of the way. And I'm not really one to be thinking ahead three game weeks because so much can change between between now and then. Um, but they have, a, uh, is it Foyt, Foyt in defence? Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, he's Argentinian, I think. Um, you know, popped up with a goal last weekend, looked a bit... A bit shaky in his first game, I thought, against Wolves, but came into his own a little bit more in, in the last game and looked a bit more commanding. And at £5 million to get into the Spurs defence, that could be, he could be an absolute bargain if he keeps his keeps his position. Um, and then another one um, that's probably not so much risk as, you know, some of the other higher priced assets. Um, I, I'm not sure if Miles mentioned him earlier, but is Lamella. So he's, he's actually posting some really big stats at the moment. Um, he started the last four, played 90 minutes in the last four, I think. Uh, six and a half million, um, four goals, one assist this season. I think he's he's definitely one that I might keep my eye on as a fourth or fifth midfielder looking at those fixtures. But there's no doubt about it. He, he and many of the others at Spurs are all rotation risks. So it's something you've always got to bear in mind and, and you know, you've got, to, you've got to be in the territory where you're going to have, you've got to have half decent players on your bench to cover because he's probably not not going to play every game. Yeah, yeah, the the rotation issue. Um, he was mentioning Kane, who makes way between Salah, Aguero, and Hazard. Um, I guess as I think that game week 15, that's one of those things we definitely I don't think can answer in game week 13 because um, they're all big names and we could say now Salah but if Salah starts bagging um, bagging goals for fun then we're not going to be getting rid of him in game week 15 um, same way with Aguero or Hazard um, Kane's price tag is so much that we you have to make sacrifices not just getting rid of Aguero but you actually have to make a big sacrifice elsewhere in your team um, and well, I for one personally wouldn't wouldn't be looking for that. Um, as you mentioned, Lamella there, he he was wondering about Spurs midfielder who and why. So um, Lamella would be probably your tip, as much as there's um, Ericsson and Ali, your top quality. Um, they do have they do come at a premium price tag. So um, so it it is it is probably a matter of with Spurs, it's a wait and see. As Mar said, it's a stock and kind of keep an eye and see who. Who's looking like they're coming into form, and is there a player in your team that costs a decent whack of money that you'll be able to swap out for for one of them? So um, definitely, I think try to be fluid and uh, try not to kind of nail yourself too much to any tactics two weeks ahead of the schedule. The last part of Boffin's question is to do with Loris or Spurs defender. So um, we did kind of we talked Loris. Um, and we talked about the Spurs defence and rotation, but um, what's your thinking, Marzi? Um, ahead of game week 15, a long way away as, as things stand in FBL land, but who would you be thinking you might be looking for in the in the Spurs back back line? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, look, I think Laurie, out of all of the players at the back line, is uh, probably the most uh, rotation prone. Uh, yeah. He's not prone to rotation with Pochettino. If he's fit, he'll play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the other way around, but we get you. <laughs> <laughs> he's the least rotation prone. That's the one. Yeah. That's it. You got um, it. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you have a spare move to move your keeper or plans to move your keeper to, uh, to Lurie, why not? They've got, uh, some, like we said, they've got some nice fixtures and a keeper doesn't need to be rotated. With the defenders, I mean, coach starts from fourth, and it's a great point. We said at the beginning, centre-backs probably least likely to get rotated. I would stay with that fixture list that I'm seeing and Pochettino's love of rotation of the wing-backs. I would stay away from all the wing-backs as, as appealing as Trippier is. But 
I would stay away because you need to make sure that your fourth or fifth defender is absolutely solid and that they will play and live with the risk of rotation. Maybe one in two games or one in three your player will play. Um, so you have to be careful. Brilliant stuff. Thanks, Mersey. Um, last question of the night is Roger Booth. Um, Roger B78, he was asking about Marshall for captain this week. And we did mention that uh, that he is a great Baldwin captain pick. He's um, he's looked like United's best player, um, full of confidence. And the Crystal Palace at home fixture is definitely, it could it could be a great one for him. So if you do want to take a risk on a game week where we're, we're looking at potentially lower scores, than we've been seeing recently, then um, then why not? Why not go for Marshall? Um, that's all we've got time for on tonight's show. Um, thanks so much to our friend John, who you have, of course, all follow at FBL Coach. We have been Mars, who you can find at Mars05. Myself, you can find at The Marple Curse. And The Three Amigos, who you can find at Three Amigos FBL on Twitter. Kylie, who's um, in Australia, sunning herself still. Um, she can find her at Kylie FBL, so make sure to mention her tomorrow and tell her what she missed. Um, we hope you've enjoyed listening in. Check us out at 3amigosfbl.com, where you can find our latest blog posts and links to our social channels. Please like, share, and rate the podcast, as it helps us out a lot. Thanks, as always, for your support, and good luck in Game Week 13. Adios, amigos. Brave amigos are we, brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.